Welcome to the Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood alongside John Paul Basham. Yo. And we're really looking forward to today's episode. I can't wait to introduce you to our guest today. But first, if you haven't spent the time to leave a rating and review, take 30 seconds to do that. Stars and words in the rating would be much appreciated. Uh, it helps us make the podcast better for you, and it helps other people find the podcast when they search for student ministry stuff on their podcast platform. So thanks for doing that. And man, I'm so excited about today. We're going to jump right in uh, to our episode. I have the privilege of in, of introducing you to Mr. Will Cumby. So Will serves as the youth pastor, leads the youth ministry at Fountain of Praise Church in Houston. Um, somebody who has, we've recently met through some other LifeWay students training stuff, and I have really, really enjoyed learning from Will and uh, following him on social media and seeing some of the things that he's involved in, super involved in his community and reaching teenagers not just who show up at the church, but going out into the community and reaching them there as well. Will, thank you for carving out time to be here. We are honored that you're doing this. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure, man. Anytime we can share resources, share space and um, encourage and challenge leaders is always a benefit and a blessing. Man, well, we, uh, we're going to jump right in. We have this little thing at the front. Uh, it's a five-question lightning round to help you get to know Will. So the first thing, and you can pick personal, it's personality type, but you can pick the one of your choice. Uh, you can go- The assessment uh, with of any, your choice. Yeah, the assessment of your choice. You can go Enneagram, you can go myers whatever you want to do right, right. here. So we'll learn a little bit about you just by which assessment you choose. So <laughs> that's right. just know you're being judged right out of the gate. Nice, nice, because that's 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 the Christian thing to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? To be honest, I can't keep up. I'm a true youth pastor. So I can't keep up with numbers or the letters. <laughs> I'm down with God, and he's number one. So I guess I'm I'm a one God. But either way, if I would like to really say my personality type, I would have to go with a type, a title, and I'm like the adventurous, passionate guy. Um, okay, I'm the kid who who rides his motorcycle down the middle of the street, sitting on the tank, um, loves to go skydiving and is down for the scuba diving, down for the crazy adventures. But I'm also super passionate. So when I find something I really care about, I'm 10 toes down. Like I'm in, like we're going to stand on top of this thing and figure it out. Um, I might be strong and wrong, but I'm going to stand on it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I like it. So have you have skydiving something that you've done? Yes. How, what was that experience like? Um, it is amazingly short. Like you, okay. think, you're, you, you go up <laughs> in the airplane, you're like, oh yeah, this is it. And then you jump out and before long, it, like it's, it ends almost as fast as it starts. But uh, the greatest part is uh, just seeing the world from a bird's eye view. Um, mm -hmm. the, now, I will tell you this, the only bad part is when they pull that ripcord and those straps like kind of tighten up on you, uh, in the nether regions, it gets a little tough, but other than that, it's, it's, it's a great experience skydiving and uh, just, just seeing the world from a bird's eye view. That gravity doesn't help out. Oh, no. At, at that point. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, those straps are no fun. But hey, you know. Eh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was it John Mayer that said gravity's working against me? Yeah, right, right. I believe it was the great philosopher, the great John Mayer. That's right, the great lyrical prophet, John Mayer. All right, question number two: uh, What is 
your favorite or one of your favorite moments in student ministry? What rises to the top? Uh, man, you know, this is probably, and I'll try and keep it short, but one of my favorite moments in student ministry, when I first started working at this church 14 years ago, I was green. I just wanted to get in there and save the world. Right. Hmm. And I had this one kid who was like, man, listen, you're missing us. And I was like, wait, what? But he became my greatest supporter, him and his twin sister um, from junior high through high school. And then in high school, well, when he went to college, his, him and his sister graduated uh, magna and summa cum laude. They were number one and number two. from wow. wow. And while he was at college, he was driving to school at University of Texas. Something happened and he drove off the road, flipped it. And long story short, he and his sister ends up in the hospital. His sister passes away. Hmm. Um, this is his twin sister. Hmm. And I remember jumping in the car and driving to Austin from Houston uh, to be at his bedside and to hold his sister's hand uh, while she was there. And uh, fast forward again, he survives, ends up losing a leg. He ends up having to have one of his legs amputated. Trust me, the story gets better. <laughs> um, and he eventually goes back to school, finishes his degree and gets into some working and things like that. And he comes back to Houston. He says, hey, Minister Will, I want to take you for coffee. And I'm like, coffee, you're talking my language. We have coffee. And he says, I just want to tell you something real quick. And I said, what? Are you like, I can't take any more bad news, bro. We've been through enough. He said, man, I want to let you know that now I'm serving in student ministry because of the way you wouldn't let go of me. Mm. He said, you were there wow. the entire time. And he's like, if, if you ever question if your work is worth it, he said, think of me. And so mm. I think about that on those days when I'm like tired or I'm sitting up trying to prepare a message or I'm looking at kids going, are you guys even listening to me? I think about that kid who told me, hey, man, you're missing me to saying, hey, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, man, that's powerful. And he's my buddy. I just texted him yesterday. He's like, how do you remember my birthday every year? I'm like, bro, I'm never going to forget you. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Um, I appreciate you telling that story. And I think there are going to be a lot of student pastors that are encouraged just by that, Yeah, that, that are going to think, man, they are hearing it. They are mm -hmm. my students even though they may not look like they are getting it. Yeah. They're getting something. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll make a hard left turn to dream vacation. Yeah. Okay. Dream vacation. Dream vacation for me is anywhere I can go with my family. Um, I truly love my kiddos. They are my little broke best friends uh, who are always asking for something. And the only thing they can pay me back with is hugs and kisses, but I'll take it. Um, <laughs> And that includes my wife. She pays me back with hugs and kisses too. I love it. But um, I love hanging out with them. So we do little things and whenever we can get out of town for anything, I'm there for it. Um, but the side part of that is I really love foreign missions. And so if I could do anything with my family overseas serving, and I know that sounds like that's not real. No, it really is. I actually love doing this. Uh, our church goes to uh, Colombia and Brazil every year. And um, it's just something that I've just, uh, since graduating from ORU. I love it. I love going overseas and sharing. And then I love a good beach. So if I can hang out with my kiddos and my wife on a beach somewhere, God is good. Good stuff, man. Tell us, tell us about your family a little bit. How many kids do you have? Too many. Um, I, have, <laughs> I have, I have the Holy Trinity. I have a nine-year-old named William. Um, I have a five-year-old named Dylan 
And then I have a little princess who is about to turn four named Grace. Okay. And we named her Grace because she was the, the fifth element in our family. Um, and uh, she is, she's the queen. She's, she tells me in the morning, daddy, this is what she says. I want a flat egg for breakfast. I said, baby, mm. what's a flat egg? She's like, I want over easy. Ma'am, you are four years old. What do you know about an over easy egg? <laughs> She's like an avocado, dad. Don't forget to slice up avocado for me. Ma'am, I didn't know what avocado was till I was 13. I wait, <laughs> I was grown. <laughs> You're right. living right. You know what I mean? And I'd like the crust cut off my toast. Is there a chef hat on me? But, you know, the things we do for our kids. <laughs> That's so right. Uh, favorite hobby for you? Uh, whew, favorite hobby, because I am a true Texan. My favorite hobby is tacos and the gym. I am I can eat tacos every day. So Taco Tuesday is really taco every day. I eat tacos. On, I only eat tacos on days that end in Y. There you go. And uh, working out. That's a that's a hobby. I love going to the gym. The Man, best I saw tortilla. A of you not earlier today, and it looked like maybe you were like on a T bar or something like that. Probably, man. You're I'm it's, pretty jacked, man. It's a whole problem. <laughs> it's my secret place where I find Jesus. <laughs> there you go. Best tortilla I've ever eaten in my life was that Lupe tortilla. Yes, in in Houston, it was the a solid at Lupe. It was a solid one. All right, last thing, and then we're into the episode today. What okay. is one piece of advice you'd give other student pastors? Um, wow. Uh, the advice I would give a student pastor would be, remember why you started. Because um, mm -hmm. there will be a time where you'll say, you, we can get caught up in trying to be known on platforms. We can get caught up in trying to be everywhere and to be liked by everyone and lose our original intent. And so just like scripture says, come back to your first love uh, before you quit. You remember why you started. Um, it's always too early to quit. So do life with your students more than um, stage time. I think we said it last time. We have, we have enough uh, stage models and we need more role models, hmm. people that are actually doing life with these kids. And that's how you will, you know, remember why you started and it'll help you stay. Yeah, I love that. Man, thanks for uh, participating in the lightning round. We're going to be into uh, our topic of today, um, which is sexual purity and student ministry. So let me give you a quick setup. Uh, Will got, Will got the the lucky draw on, on this topic today. So if you've been listening to the podcast uh, over the last couple of weeks, you'll know that last week's episodes are... Uh, were on similar topics. We talked about teenagers love sex, dating, and relationships. Uh, we did a four-part series with Sean McDowell. So if you listened to that, uh, we had some really practical stuff from from Sean in those episodes, but also an apologetic and worldview bend to that. What we wanted to do is come back this week and talk to somebody who is in the trenches of student ministry as a youth pastor every single day living in this with a group of teenagers. So, uh, man, you as a student pastor, you're listening to the podcast, you know that issues of sexual purity, and that would include uh, gender and identity issues, and that would include uh, LGBTQ stuff, that would include hookup culture, that includes all of this. So if we take all of this and wrap it up together, student pastor, you know that this topic is a major issue in your students' lives. 
And we as the church have to be able to speak about it. We've got to be able to dive into this realm with a biblical approach to help them understand it. So that's the setup for today. We wanted to uh, have a youth pastor's voice on this conversation. So, Will, I will uh, jump right in with the first question to you. All right. And, and that question is, how do you approach issues of sexuality in your student ministry? And, and let, you know, you, you came with the fastball, the, 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 the big pitch <laughs> in the beginning. But honestly, how many times have we said, come as you are? And mm. we quote it too commonly in, in, in youth ministry circles because we want to say, I want to get away with my skinny jeans and my T-shirt for church. But I think beyond how you're dressed, it's what space are you in in life? Come as, come, come as you are in that space. And the way that we handle it in our youth department is we believe in the uh, open standpoint. Just show up. Well, I, I want to get you here. And, and, and we have to recognize our, our role as youth pastors and youth leaders and those who serve these students is that our job is to love and not to judge, uh, to edify and not to destroy. And in the time you spend trying to pick apart what they're doing, you could be picking them up from a place of true pain. Mm. Uh, the truth is we don't know what the face of someone who's struggling looks like all the time. Um, it's not always obvious, right? We, it's not obvious that people are struggling with certain things. Yeah, that's so right. Our, what we must do is we must love everyone and speak about issues that our, that our youth are facing from a faith standpoint. I've got to say, hey, let's, we're talking about this today. And I'm not going to say I'm talking about this because I see you over there and you look like you're dealing with drugs. I see you over there. You're dealing with with this. No, I don't know what you all are doing, dealing with individually, but I'm going to share it from a biblical standpoint and talk about faith and realize, one, let's talk about facts. Right. Let's unpack the facts of what you're you're you're. These are the facts of you participating in certain activities. Now, let's talk about feelings because your feelings are natural. I'm not going to deny your feelings. And now let's talk about faith. Where does God fit into all of this? We're not going to deny your facts and only we're not going to deny the facts and only talk about feelings. We're not going to deny your feelings and only talk about facts. We got to combine all three to give them a holistic view of where they are spiritually, sexually, emotionally, um, physically in life. Man, that come as you are, <clears throat> that call to come as you are is is such a powerful call from Scripture. Um that I think often we, we're we only comfortable really extending to people around us, even as student pastors, mm-hmm. under circum, uh, certain circumstances. So, so often, I think the church will say, yeah, come as you are. And there's a, there's a, a certain category of sinful behaviors that we're willing to accept yeah. when somebody comes as they are. Yes. And then there's another category that often falls into this category of sexual struggle mm-hmm. that the church says, whoa, I mean, we didn't, you know, there's a limit here. You know, you can't just bring anything into the church. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's often the case. So, how do you approach those those issues specifically when you know so so I think about sometimes in my my own student ministry, Ben and I talk about often us serving together. Our last post together uh, was in Hampton, Virginia. 
And there were several times that we would have uh, gay couples walk into student min- into the front doors of the student ministry, come in holding hands, and all of a sudden you get a flood of leaders coming to you. Oh my goodness, what do we do? You, you know, and it's like this freak yeah. out moment that I was constantly having to coach our leaders in. Like, hey, do you do you remember? What we've been saying week after week after week after week, that this is a place for broken people, that this is a place for people that are struggling, that this is a place where we all are going to find commonality in that we're all sinful and that we're all missing the mark and that we're all in need of the gospel to minister minister to us in so many different ways. So what what's your approach when that specific uh, issue or that brand of issues comes through the door and you've made this call to come as you are. Um, you know, you brought up a very, very strong point because just because I can see your sin doesn't mean, you know, it, it, we, you know, I think we, it's easier to judge when I can see your sin. Mm-hmm. When the reality is we all are dealing with something. We all have, what does scripture tell us that we all sin and fall short, but we can't look at someone differently because we can physically see what they're struggling with. Um, I just got back from California and I was at a conference where they were talking about how 1.2 million youth will leave the church in a year. Mm. And, and so we, we pulled all these teens together and we asked them straight up, why, why are you leaving the church? And this girl said, why would I leave the church? Like, this is a place where I can, where I, I get edified, where I get inspired, where I learn. And, and it was an urban community. They said, this is even a place where I can get food. Why would I want to leave that? And she said, "The re- it's not that we want to leave. It's that you guys are making it hard for us to stay. So wow. where, where, she said, where, where do the queer go to church? Hmm. Where do the gay go to church? Yeah. And, and is the church, has the church become a convenience for those who are connected in one way? There's, there's a difference between um, unity and equality. Right. Are we are we just unified on a subject or are we saying, hey, all things being equal, if God is love, truly, are we loving everybody equally? Despite what you're going through, I don't know what you're dealing with at your house. I don't. The difference is I can see that you're holding hands with someone of the same sex. I can see that maybe uh, you you, you look you're dealing with uh, promiscuity and things. Okay, I get it. I get it. But I'm going to tell you about the love of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you about how he met a woman at a well. I'll tell you about how he how he he talked to a man who was who was born blind. Right. So how do I address it with my leaders is we constantly bring it back in front of them. There's a difference between implicit and explicit bias. Some people don't even realize it, that they're biased until it gets put in their face. Yeah, that's and right. It's our job as leaders to say, hey, hey, come on, man, let's talk about that and not jump on our leaders for feeling that way, because maybe they don't they don't. They don't even realize that they're judging. They're like, that's how they grew up. Their mom and dad were that way. Their, their grandparents were like that. And then, so one, take it as a blessing that your leader came to you and said, hey, man, I'm struggling with this. Okay, cool. Let's, let me walk, let me walk through you, walk through this with you. That's what we do as leaders. Uh, uh, leaders lead from the middle. Let's, let's get into the midst of this and, and talk through it together. I, I, th- I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. I think those will encourage some youth pastors in maybe there's maybe there's some just thinking like, man, am I the only one dealing with X issue? So I would love just in this in this topic area, 
what are the main things that your students are struggling with? You know, like John Paul used the example uh, of same-sex couples coming mm-hmm. in and to mm-hmm. the ministry at times when, mm-hmm. when we serve together in Virginia. What are the things in our culture today that you're seeing in your ministry in Houston? Well, in, in Houston, um, you know, prior to us, well, we, we could be in person. You could see and talk about sure. more. Things. But, of course, with social media, if you're being a good youth pastor, you are being in your kids' spaces because you're seeing their social media because they're connecting with you. Um, but in Houston and even in our space, we're seeing a lot of students struggling with um, identity and self-esteem. And so because of these struggles, they will gravitate towards individuals and and ideals that say, I see you. I see I see you. And because I see you, I'm connected to you. And we all know in junior high is where you kind of figure out who you are. And we're seeing it as early as fifth grade and sixth grade. Some of these kids are saying, hey, I've got some questions. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. I'm having parents come up to me saying, hey, my, my kiddo is a I saw some websites. I saw some some URLs that are that are concerning me. Um, I'm, I'm confused. Those, those things are bothering me. And it's when we see these things that we are constantly pushing and constantly driving the God sees you. I see you. Um, it's it's one thing to be the person on stage on Sundays. And I say this all the time. You've got to do life with your kids. It's more than sharing and on Sunday. But, hey, reminding them through the week, hey, that's a nice unit. Like you're doing good. I'm proud of you. That That's what's up. It, and it's those things when for me, and I'm probably being way TMI, but we're on a podcast and I'm praying that people are able to grow from this. Yeah. My kids ask me all the time, like, Minister Will, how did you make it through high school and college um, and, and, and maintain your virginity? Because best believe it wasn't because uh, nobody around me was doing it. I had lots of friends that were. Even family members are like, bro, what's wrong with you? You ain't done that yet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because trust me and and catch that. It ain't always the friends that are influencing those Mm. kids. Sometimes it's their own family members. That's right. But what helped me was I I had a body of believers. I had friends around me who were like, bro, if you can make it today, I'll make it today. Not this month, but if you can make it today. What does scripture say? Don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. So my, my, my church and my youth pastor was sharing like, hey, bro, like this is why. This is why. And if you can understand it, if you are you prepared for your heart to be broken? Are you can you handle your heart? Can you handle you giving yourself to somebody and then she don't want to be with you no more? Oh, I'm not sure. Well, listen, let's let's talk. Let's talk about accountability partners, not somebody to co-sign what you're doing, but someone to call you out on what you shouldn't be doing. And that's what helped me to get through junior high and high, not junior high. That's way too early. High school and college was I had like my homie who was like, bro, if we can make it today. And um, I tell that story often when I speak in the high schools and I actually had one kid tell me, hey, Minister Will, I went to prom. I said, well, that's good. He said, no, 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 no. Remember how you told me it, you can make it through prom? I said, yeah. He said, bro, I made it. Mm. He said, I did it. And that's a that's a. That's a win. Yeah, absolutely it is. And the fact that they would come up and like celebrate that yeah. moment with you. That's a significant student ministry moment right there. Yeah, man. Well, and for that student, I mean, that is a 
prom is one of those moments that gets built up in the minds of students. It's a it's a marker moment, and that's one of those places where that conversation of sex always comes up. For, for whatever reason, prom has become that event. Mm-hmm. And so for him, that was a place, and I'm sure still a place, that he's able to look back and say, I dug into my faith, yep. I dug into the community around me, and I experienced how God allowed me to move through that moment and glorify him instead of yeah. myself and exalt that that call that he's placed on my life and not the call that the culture around me has placed on my life for this moment. Like that's a that's one that he can go back and draw strength from down the road. You're right. Cause men and, and let's just talk men talk. I mean, we got men right here on the call. We uh, we thrive on validation to be told yeah. you the man, you done done this. And one of the things we do in, in our ministry here is we do a big thing that deals with the fatherless generation. Mm-hmm. These boys who are looking for things to say, Hey, you're a man. But then I got to remind them, look at the story of Jesus when he was baptized and he came up out of the water and the, and the, the clouds opened up, the dove came down and then it was a guitar solo. Right. Then, <laughs> He says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He, hold on. Wait, Jesus, you ain't healed nobody. You, you ain't done no miracles. You, what, what is this? He says, I'm proud of you, son. And, and, and so these young boys are looking for a father to tell them, hey, son, first of all, I call you son, which means that you have ownership. But secondly, I'm proud of you and you ain't got to do nothing but wake up and live your best life. And we need to do that as men to these younger generations and tell these boys, listen, your validation is not in your physical activity, but in your ability to love God with all your heart mm. and be the best you can. You're, you will make mistakes, yeah, but you have a father that will walk you through them. Man, that's good. You know, you mentioned the work that you guys do uh, with fatherlessness um, that's taken place in our culture. And I would love for, to hear you talk about how you're equipping parents in this conversation, understanding that what you said a second ago about how the pressure here isn't always from friends. It might be actually from your own family mm-hmm. and understanding that not every home is a mom and dad who love Jesus and want you to follow Jesus. And all. there's so many different home dynamics that exist across the spectrum of a student ministry. When you stand up or when you're having conversations with teenagers, there's so many home dynamics that exist. So how do you approach ministering beyond the student and into the home in this situation? Uh, wow. That, and that's, that's good. Do you, um, wow, there, that's a good one because we, that's a big, big, big part of what I believe in here. And, Hmm. Forgive the shameless plug, but I mean it. There's a, a, a <laughs> plug away that, that you guys have um, that it sends it out to the parents and it gives them like four areas where you can do it's like at the table, in the car. Um, and there's two more. I can't remember uh, off the top of my head, but we use those resources like that to, to continuously share resources with our parents to let them know you've got to make these conversations happen. Hmm. Hear me out, man. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but the relationship I had with my mom and my dad did not come overnight. 
Yeah. And we right. can't expect to become our kids' best friend just because we see them going through something. If you weren't working on cultivating that relationship from their adolescence, it's going to be a struggle getting it when they're going through puberty. Right. They're going to be like, why? You, oh, you want you want to talk to me now? Where were you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so now now you want to be my best friend because you don't want me to go through this stuff. Well, sorry, mom, I've already done it. Yeah. Sorry, dad. I've been there. So what we do is we encourage communication on a regular basis and we do events that cultivate that. So there are things where it's mom, mom and daughter, dad and daughter, dad and son, uh, the manhood camp that we do, the the lit girls conference that we do. It's all all about not only um, edifying and inspiring those children or those teens, but also creating conversation between the parent and that teen. And if it's not a parent in that teen, it's someone who would be in high esteem. You know, the scripture says, honor your father and mother, honor your father and mother and your days will be long. Well, that mother and father is bigger than just your familiar or your or your uh, biological. It's those that you hold in esteem. And so we create those opportunities for them to have someone to hold in that esteem so they can have long life, quantity, quality and legacy. Uh, so what do we do? Right. Let me go back to that. So we send a lot of resources out. Um, I and shameless plug and I don't feel bad for it. There's stuff on uh, the Lifeway website that's super good. Um, there's a preacher out here that says, uh, if you got eyes, plagiarize. Take it, send <laughs> that stuff out to your team. You don't have to write it. Stop thinking you got to be the, the, the end all be all. What does Maury Povich say? You are not the father. You don't have to create it all. It's out there. Copy Maury and Povich. paste that joint. Send it out to your leader. Send it out to your parents. Um and then look at other resources outside of, of just the Christian resources to the scientific resources like the Mayo Clinic, uh, CDC, and, and look at books. Um, read the books. Uh, I, and when I was in college, it was at I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And then there's, but now it's morphed and gotten bigger. And there's other stuff like Celebrating Your Body and the Boys Book, uh, Everything You Need to Know About Growing Up You. So I'm always putting those resources out there to my parents. Um, and not so much saying, talk to your kids, but saying, The door is open. If you need it, we have it. Um, Come talk to me. And at our church, I tell our parents, you can talk to me or we have uh, Christian counselors here, but we also have professional counselors that we can always refer them out to to help them um, navigate the tough questions. Man, that's good. I I think that's one of those things, too, where student pastors oftentimes – there's a little bit of discomfort in talking about this specific area – with teenagers, but even more so with parents of teenagers. And so being able to point them to specific resources, uh, I think is a huge thing. I wonder as you, you've been, I think you said a second ago, you've been at Fountain of Praise for 14 years. Is that right? Yes, sir. 14. So over the course of the, of those 14 years, um, you've also through what you do and, uh, involvement in the community have seen a lot of church ministry outside of Fountain of, of Praise as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how can the church respond to teenagers that are struggling sexually, whether it be sexual identity, whether it be sexual promiscuity, uh, whether it be LGBT? What? How can the church respond to those that are struggling in this area? Um, well, that's a that's a good question. Why did, why, and, and Ben, if I can be a little pushed back on it, why did you create yeah. this podcast? 
Yeah, to help student pastors. To help student pastors, right? So the way that we can, the church can be there is one, we've got to not only go after the resources, right? Find the resources, but number one, listen. Mm. We've got to listen. When I went to that conference and the kids were talking about why they were leaving the church, it's because they said, all you want us to do is recruit our friends, but you don't care about our concerns. And so that's, that. that stings. <laughs> like, how many times have we put out there, hey, bring your friends to church? Hey, yeah, come join our Zoom call. Hey, come uh, be a part of our Instagram live. And they're like, okay, we're here. And then look at this message I, I, I've been studying. Look at this new, I don't know, um, IG game we're doing. They're like, okay, cool. So let's talk about Black Lives Matter. We're not we're not going to deal with that. Let's talk about how I'm hungry. Mm. Yeah, 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 we'll talk about that, too. But look at this new game I've got. No, we need to listen. How much time are we spending listening? The old adage of seek to understand, then to be understood. So the first thing I say the church needs to do is listen to have create. And and here's the deal. Keep putting the surveys out there. Keep constantly asking the questions. If you get one kid that responds, that's cool. Eat on that. Then send another one out the next month. I I believe in constantly doing the litmus test. What's going on with your community? Understanding your community. Um, Don't just be the church that's in the community. Be the church that's in the community. Listen, um, be open, be available, have answers, uh, which is constantly studying, constantly reading, Mm. um, being current on trends. My, my son, and oh man, I hope he doesn't hear this. He's going to yell at me. <laughs> he wants some new, he wants, uh, my, I'm the dad that buys tennis shoes for Christmas and birthdays. That's it. I don't ask, don't tell me what you want. I'm buying you shoes because you always need shoes. Um, <laughs> and he wants these new shoes and they have all these crazy colors on them. And I think one of the colors is pink. And I was like, ah, oh, nah, bro. No son of mine is rocking pink. <laughs> so then I reached out to one of my teenagers that's in my student, my teen council. And I said, Hey bro, my son wants some pink tennis shoes. What, like, is that cool? Or does this, what's this about? He's like, Oh no, minister will pink is for boys. I said, what? He's like, yeah. But if you're not constantly staying current on the trends, you will judge someone for something that's not even worth being judged. Mm. So I would say stay current on trends. Um, recognize that color is common. It's no longer relegated to people of a certain people group. Like it's everybody's wearing pink, everybody's wearing colors. And then also I would tell them to look out for dating violence. Um, Look out for dating violence because uh, in those relationships, if if they're not being sexually active, there is a chance that there are some, some physical activity going on. And so constantly keeping your eyes open, watching your kids for their behaviors. If they're pulling back from church, if they're not doing certain things, and if you have a relationship with them, you should be able to have the tough conversation. I will never forget what you said about you want me to recruit my friends, but you don't care about my concerns. Yeah. What a way to say that. And further reinforces what you're saying about like that came from a teenager. Mm-hmm. So instead of us as leaders being disconnected and just doing our thing over and over and over, just doing our thing, stopping, listening to a teenager hearing them say, man, you just, you, we're a recruiting vessel to you and you don't really care about what we care about. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is a, that's a sit and think about it. It is. Kind of statement. And just really sitting there with them. Like when's the last time you just really, and that's what the church I think could really benefit from is 
we we poll the parents often, right? You poll the leaders, you poll your 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 top members, but man, it has to trickle down all the way down to even your children and your teens and sitting with them and saying, hey, let's just talk. How are you? What's yeah. what's going on at school? What's going on in your life personally? And not have like a talk from, I'm gonna give you all the answers, but a place of, I just wanna listen today. I'm not here to give you the right answers to all of your questions, but I wanna at least give you a space to share what's on your heart. Are your friends being super sexually active? Is, is um, the temptation to, to or, or even questions about your sexuality. What's, what's going on? Like, just, just, let's just talk. And if you are doing life with your students, it's like I said earlier, you can't be their best friend overnight. You've got to cultivate that so that when the conversation does happen, they're free to, they're free to talk. Man, that, that encouragement from you to listen, it hasn't been too long ago since we had another guest on the podcast that I think the way he said it is that it's important to stand in your community and feel its pain. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then these episodes that we did with Sean McDowell, where he talked about um, that as he was studying to write Chasing Love, he realized that he had a a lot of wrong assumptions about how students felt about certain topics that he that he was addressing, mm. um, and so then hearing you talk about the importance of listening, I mean, it it just really um, highlights the need for student ministry leaders to get out of the out of the rut of always being the only one talking. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a trap that we fall into. Well, it's my job. I'm supposed to teach. I'm, su- I'm supposed to preach. I'm supposed to exposit scripture. I'm supposed to be the one doling out truth. But we're not going to know what truth to speak if we don't know where the pain points are in the lives of our people. And mm-hmm. so if we're going to shepherd, we have to know our people. And if we're going to know our people, we have to be listening to them. So thank, thank you for that encouragement. That's like Psalms 23. You know, he leads me besides still waters. If we realize that the water is not only a place of rest, but a place of refreshment, we have to be led there. And 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 I was reading somewhere that the sheep, what they were doing in those days, they'd have to go through the city gates and all these sheep would be all crazy all together. But when the shepherd would say, hey, it's time to go, they followed that shepherd because they knew his voice. Well, it's the same thing with our kids. If we're in their lives and we we smell like our sheep and we're spending that time with them, sheep are crazy, right? And our kids are crazy. Mm-hmm. When we are with them and we're doing life with them and we say, hey, listen, you're, you're going the wrong way. Their ears will perk up because they've been listening to us consistently and they won't be like, oh, what? Did you say something? Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, my bad. <laughs> They'll say, oh, I, I need to make this move because um, you care about not only my well-being, but also my uh, my physic well-being. Yeah. That's good. And I think a perfect place to put a bow on that one. Will, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation today and for the ministry that you have there in Houston and beyond and the way that you're impacting teenagers and families. Man, thanks for taking the time to be here. 
Man, it's been a pleasure. John, Ben, you guys are rocking it. And um, I love catching the podcast and the resources. Keep putting them out there because I'm copying and pasting like a bad boy. <laughs> we'll do it. And just in case you wanted to know, the uh, re- specific resource that Will was talking about earlier is called Parent Partner. And you can find that uh, on lifeway.com slash parent partner. This has been another episode of the Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. We'll see you next time.